Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Lead Your Life podcast. We are on a roll, and I am so excited because today we have a special guest. He is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. He's a Hollywood actor. In fact, in the late 80s, he was on a show called The Guys Next Door, which was the number one teen show in America. He was also on Family Matters. And most recently, he has launched a purpose-driven shoe brand called Legend. He's also a dad. He's an amazing writer. And he is someone who has lived and is living a very conscious life. He's full of life wisdom, and I always appreciate our conversations. They are depthful, meaningful, and always full of insights for me. And so I would like to welcome to the show my friend, Patrick Dancy. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Well, I'm super excited that you're here today. You know, you you and I have been friends for a while. Yeah, Yeah. And one of the things that I think connects us is a, a love and a zest for life. Indeed. And that's one of the big reasons why I'm having you on today. Thank you. So for those of you that don't know Patrick Dancy, which I don't know, who wouldn't? (laughs) Um, Can you skim your resume for us? Yeah. uh, Kid out of New York. I was born in New York to two great parents, Rita and Carl. I lived in uh, the projects of Flushing, Queens from 1970 to 1983, moved to Long Island. During that time, my parents were divorced, and my mom met my stepfather, and we were moving on up. (laughs) We moved to Long Island. We bought a house and lived in Long Island for four years, and then my father had an opportunity to open a bank in Los Angeles. So he moved the family to Los Angeles, and I was like, all right, well, maybe I can go and act then. Started auditioning for television shows, and it all began. Okay, so obviously we've had previous conversations. Yes. You have to tell everyone when you knew you were going to be an actor. It was very early. When I was a little boy, I was wild. My mom said I came out screaming at the world. Uh, (laughs) I knew very, very early on. I was obsessed with Shirley Temple. I used to watch Shirley Temple movies because she just looked like the happiest little girl. She got to dance, sing, eat, dance, sing, eat. That's all she did. (laughs) And she got to hang out with adults. And as kids, that's always wondrous. You always want to hang out with the adults. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, you're in the back room and the adults at the kitchen table or the dining room table, and you're sneaking under the table just to eavesdrop, just to eavesdrop, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew very early on, and I told my mother, I said, Mom, I'm going to be on that little screen. I'm going to do it. And finally moved to Los Angeles in the summer of 1988, got my first agent that fall. And about six months later, I had my first television show on NBC. Show called The Guys Next Door. I remember that. 
where are the guys? There were five <laughs> knuckleheads that pirated the airwaves from NBC in someone's basement. I think it was Bobby's basement on the show and broadcasted our own show from the basement called The Guys Next Door. And it was a great, great time of my life. It's funny because I reflect now and I didn't realize how great it was when I was going through it. It was incredible. We saw the whole world, fans all over the place. We had an album out. We had a television show. We toured. We shot the show right next to Jay Leno. We got to see him every day. It was an incredible experience for a 19-year-old from New York. Of course. That's amazing. So what did, so what did you do after Guys Next Door? So I booked the television show, uh, Brandon Tartikoff, uh, the late great pioneer of television for NBC, created shows like Family Ties, Cheers, you know, big, big shows, Thursday Night Lineup. He uh, created the show, uh, The Guys Next Door. It was a sketch comedy show. So essentially, we were five young guys that were handed thick scripts every Monday, and we didn't shoot per se um, a situation comedy. It was more in the vein of a Saturday Night Live. It was a bunch of five young guys doing all these different sketches to make kids around the world laugh. And we were the number one teen show in America from ages 11 to 22, the year we came out. We that's, killed it. That that's amazing. Awesome. That's yeah. amazing. And we sang and we had a tour bus and we were like the typical boy band. So what do you think prepped you for being an actor that young? Uh, I mean, honestly, I just think you know, my my background, where I was born, where I lived, the time, it all was, I think it was this ingredients, like, if you will, like someone was taking all these ingredients and pouring it into this casserole for Patrick Dancy and what was going to come out of it. You know, you had um, my parents, I was born 1970, just off of civil rights. I was a biracial child. My mother's as fair as you. She's Puerto Rican, but she's very, very fair, looked Caucasian. And my biological father was a black male, very dark complected. So we lived in Flushing, Queens, the projects. It was a project. Mm -hmm. uh, so during that time, you, you know, the world was very, it was coming out of, you know, Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy's assassination and civil rights and all that hostility. Suddenly we find ourselves in the 70s and it kind of chilled a little bit, but there was still, you know, my parents would catch looks. I'd say, mom, you know, I'm this little yellow, high yellow brown kid says, mom to this woman, you know, in that day and age, you would get those looks. What did, what did he say to her? Mm -hmm. You know, they look totally different. So Carl and I, my brother, were very aware very, very cognizant of our difference. Mm. And it was twofold because at times we didn't feel black enough in our family. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And then at times we didn't feel Puerto Rican enough. So you learn at a very early age to, uh, you're very sophisticated to assimilate. You chameleon, you become all things to all men. So you can just, so I think that was, uh, that that background, that beginning was what kept me on my toes. Very, uh, I, I could just form in, I could assimilate, I could just. So as an actor, you know, you get to play different characters, mm -hmm. you know, and I felt like I was doing that at a young age, you know, so kids would like me, I looked a little different, so make them laugh, become their friend, do anything. So I was already prepped to be this, look at me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, 
So when the opportunity came, I, you know, I begged my parents, especially when they moved to Los Angeles, like, mom, I, I just want to, I want to do it. I want, I want to act. How do I do it? You know, I did plays in school, but how do I professionally do it? And my parents were so supportive. I was just going to say, so supportive. I, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of kids that have dreams of acting and, you know, parents can poo-poo it or not be supportive. And so- It's not the most stable of incomes. Right, and, 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 right. And, you know, and, jobs, if you will. You know, it's, well, and, and you're the, you know, you're the example of the kid wanting to move across country to Hollywood to make it happen. But the difference is, is you did. Yeah, yeah. And that's sometimes you, you reflect on that and you're like, wow, you know, I look back on what we did in the guys next door. We had merchandising that was absolutely ridiculous. You know, we doll. I have a doll. You know, I look at my friends now and go, "How many people you know who have their own doll?" <laughs> you know, uh, pajamas, sil- uh, cereal boxes, lunch boxes. It was an incredible time in my life, and I'm very thankful for it. I made some great friends. I learned show business, what it means to be 19 years old, and you report to the set at 6 a.m. and mommy and daddy is not going to help you. You got to get in hair and makeup and be on set. Knowing your lines, hitting your mark, it's show business for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. So you learn at a very quick age uh, discipline and ethic um, because you want to keep your job. Sure. You know, you want to keep your job. You want to perform. You And there's a lot of things, you know, Hollywood was great. You know, Hollywood was great to me. Um, I look back now as an adult and, you know, we all as young men and women have insecurities. Uh, And I had them. And sometimes Hollywood exploited them because you're, you know, Hollywood's tough on you. It's, you're it. You're the commodity. You got to sell you. Right. You know, and sometimes you're the best in the room. Sometimes you're the greatest. Sometimes you go in and you knock it out the box. You know, you, you really go in there and you leave it all in the room in an audition. And you don't get the job because your eyebrows were too pointy or they didn't like your hair. You know, that's hard to swallow sometimes, but you got to keep going. Right. You got to keep going. So what do you feel, you know, a lot of people can, wouldn't be able to handle that pressure and, you know, the ups and downs of one minute you're feeling on top of the world, the next minute you are, I wasn't enough. Yeah. So what do you feel gave you the resilience um, to push through that? Uh, I'm stubborn. Number one, I don't like, no, I really don't. I'm going to, you know, when you say no to me, I always feel like you're saying no to you. Like, Mm. you know, you're saying like, you don't, you don't want an opportunity with me. Well, then you're missing out. Did I always feel that way at 1920? When you walk into a room full of suits, you're like, all right, show me what you've got. And you got to go and fest and do it all and leave it all on the table. Um, you don't always feel that way. And like I said, sometimes, um, just the business exploits your your insecurities, those fears you have. If, uh, you know, for women, it's really difficult. They're always trying to fit themselves in a box that they think Hollywood needs to see them. It's just as difficult for men because you're trying to be this leading something, you know? And you're 19, you're trying to figure it out on top of it. Right. You know, so you just have to have a great support system around you. I had a great agent, a great manager, incredible parents, incredible parents. Um, I thank God for them every day. And you also have to, you have to be stubborn and you have to believe in yourself when no one believes in you. And sometimes that's even hard to do, but you got to muster it up. 
And you got to say, all right, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to give it my all. And if I don't get this job, I, I still, I went in there and I did my job. Yeah. I auditioned. I left. That's success. Show up and do the job. Do the work. Yeah. I, I think that's key. I think that's key. It, it's hard to, uh, like for me now, I would say, and you know, 20, you know, hindsight's 2020. Like if, if I had, and I understood is a better word, uh, myself, the world around me and people like I do today back then, I would, I would have been ruling the world at 19. What would you have done differently? I don't know if I would have done anything differently, but I would have had a conversation with myself if I had that opportunity. And I only would have said, and I just said this recently, I would have said to young Patrick, all that noise that you tell yourself and all the noise you hear from outside of yourself is just that. It's noise. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. All that fear is 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 ego and you know, get rid of it all. It's useless. Get, yeah. get rid of it. One would say, Well, how do I get rid of it? Well, identify it to begin with. Know what it is, and then you can deal with it. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And call it out, even in yourself. Yeah, it's one of the things I work with most with my clients is that negative inner critic voice. I call it the gremlin. Yeah, and that great word for it, right? It's that gremlin that's always talking to you, and it's your own worst enemy. But some people aren't even aware of it. Like you said, they don't even know it's a separate voice, and they don't even know that they have control over it. No, because they're so in it. Exactly. My dad used to say something to me as a kid, and it's just the image it painted for me. My acting coach says, you know, actors are really good at, and this is how I listen to people and how I try to speak to people, that actors don't so much speak to the ear as much as they speak to the eye. Hmm. You know, and my dad used to tell me as a kid, you're so close to the trees, you can't see the forest. Step back. And when you step back, you're like, oh, there it is. By the way, that's the Amazon. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you, you've got to be able to uh, to step back from it all. And that comes just through experience, you know? Uh, but all those things that I was telling myself and I was feeding on, uh, I say it now to people. Like, why are you telling yourself that? Why are you feeding on that? Mm-hmm. You know, tell yourself something positive. I mean, simple as as that. I mean, it sounds basic. No, it's But it's true. It's true. It is it, true. It, it's a, it, it could change everything, you know? Well, and I have to tell you, it's one of the things I appreciate about our relationship is I feel like I'm a pretty positive person. I feel, I mean, I coach people for a living, but you challenge me. You challenge my mindset. You challenge me to think bigger and to um, think differently. And it's one of the things I really, really appreciate about you. Same, same. I think, I, 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 go, I mean, it's how we kind of reunited. It was watching you from afar Thank God I was sensitive enough to even see it, but I saw it. I literally saw you and I went, wait a second, something's totally different. <laughs> I went through a totally big transformation. Di- and I saw it like someone who saw you and like I brushed against you in school, like, hey, how are you? How are the kids? Good. That's how much we had going, right? Mm-hmm. Good to see you. And then I see you out there in social media and I'm looking because that's how I look at myself. You know, I look deep. I want to. I want the meat. I want the the goods. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I started seeing you, and then watching your posts, and then oddly, we both were like, "Hey, I see you. <laughs> I see you too." And it's this awakening. And I oddly, there's so many people I know who are exactly where we are. 
And then there are a host of people who aren't. Right. You know what I mean? But the people who are kind of like wiping their eyes from that slumber, like, oh, we're all having what my buddy Adam always says, that ooh moment. My buddy Adam gives this great, Adam, shout out to Adam again as my dude. He's great. You people will meet him. You have to have him on as a guest. I will. He's incredible. He's invited. But Adam says, you know, and, and he got me on it once. We met and he's like, hey, you know what, brother? He goes, you know, we all have that ooh moment. We're all, he believes that we're all sometimes under a complete state of hypnosis. And how he breaks it down is very interesting, but I'm not gonna go into that, but I'll stick to the ooh moment. But he says, don't you know that ooh is so primitive to us? So pr mm -hmm. when you see something that really, you go, ooh. Yeah. When you taste something, you go, ooh, it's an ooh moment. Yeah. Oh, wow, I just learned ooh moment. Yeah, no, I, I love that. But you know, I think I had my ooh moment starting probably around 40. Yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden I became awake. And you couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm trying, but I can't, right? No, and it, it it's amazing. And, and it wasn't always easy, you know? It wasn't always easy. It's kind of, um, I felt like I was coming out of the out of the darkness, you know, and your eyes are kind of, it's mm -hmm. a little bright, but. Great analogy. Oh my God, it's so worth it. So worth it. And you can never go back. You can, and actually, I don't know if you experienced, do you ever marvel like, what was I thinking? <laughs> or I wasn't, or I was doing too much thinking, or whatever it was. Yeah. How was I there? You know, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I saw a big difference in you. So talk about, you know, you're 19, 20, you're on, and is that when you were on Family Matters? Yeah. yeah. So I the show got canceled, that being the guys next door. Unfortunately, uh, Brandon Tartikoff went to take a leave of absence. His daughter had been in a terrible accident. Oh, wow. And the next guy who came in just was going to change it to make it look like his house. You know how the new boss moves in and he wants to make all the changes? Sure. We were one of those changes. So suddenly the five guys next door were no longer next door. We were evicted. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Bye, see you. No longer on NBC. So gotcha. young actor got to go find another gig, you know? And thankfully it was, it was moving for me. So uh, I read for the great people over at... I think it was Miller Boyette was the production company for the for Family uh, Matters, and uh, I went in and auditioned. And I it's those auditions where you know, like, oh, I totally, I totally speak to this character. This character speaks to me, kind of like me. Ted Curran was kind of like me. He was kind of just kind of like, hey, you know, she's cute. Hey, you want to go out? You know. <laughs> uh, and it was funny because when I booked the show, thank God I got it. Fred Fox, their supervising producer, had said to me right before the live audience taping. You know, we're rehearsing all week. And right before I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm good. I'm ready to go. And he comes up to me and goes, just so you know, Jaleel, who played Urkel, mm -hmm. Steve Urkel, yep. amazing character, amazing person, Jaleel, uh, the whole cast. Jaleel goes off book a lot. So we hope you can hold with that. <laughs> so he improvs. Okay. I'm a New York actor. I was like, yeah, let's go. And he and I had great chemistry and some great laughs because we just worked off of each other. I love that. Yeah, he was amazing. I was a straight guy, I gave him the jokes, he dropped the joke, he got the laugh, it was awesome. I love that. It was great. I love that. So- Good, good time there. Yeah. Great so, time. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, you- We can fast forward to uh, working with my dad. I started working with my dad in 2003. 
I was an actor and I was reading against like, re like reality TV people. And I'm like, you know, this job is getting harder and harder to get a gig because the reality world had exploded, the 2000s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And jo I'm auditioning against Joe Millionaire. Like, really? Right. Or Big Brother. Big Brother, you yep, know? that's what I remember. I'm an me. actor, I'm not a, you know. So the jobs became difficult and scarce. And my father was resigning from the Bank of New York and he was gonna start another company. And he said, hey, look, come and work with me. You know, show business, let's learn business, you know. And in 03, we started working together and my first three years, I just added so much business to the portfolio that they made me a partner and I've been a partner in the company ever since. That's one company that I work with and I own and I'm proud of. Uh, we are in the credit card processing industry, a company called Simplify Inc. Uh, I love the, even in that business, I love the engagement. I could give a crap about the numbers, mm -hmm. you know? that canned, oh, I could save your money. Everyone says that. I don't even like saying that. I'm more interested in uh, what we can create together as a partnership, yep. you know, when it comes down to business. In a perfect world, what do you need? Maybe we can meet that need versus that canned, well, you know. So we did that. It's been incredible. That, that working with my father, I've learned so much. I'm his right hand. He's the CEO of the company. I've learned a lot from him. I've learned you know, I've had that moment with my dad. Remember that great moment in Godfather when Vito Corleone is meeting with the, that group at his office mm -hmm. and Sonny speaks out of line mm -hmm. and he gives him that look? You know how many looks I've gotten like that from my dad? <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to hear it All when right, we son. leave it. Yep. You know, just that look, nothing else but that. Mm. Are you serious, Patrick? You're gonna keep your mouth shut. And those are teachable you, moments, yeah, teachable, right? You're yeah, still getting teachable yeah, moments as an adult. Yes, absolutely, right? all right. the time. So uh, my dad has just, he's just taught me a lot and I'm really, really thankful for him. No, that's amazing. And then talk about your new big launch. Yeah, thankfully, five years in the making, Legend Footwear, and we spell that L-G-N-D footwear. And that name for us is so important to the brand and so important to where we're going. Uh, the legend speaks of that notorious, that that infamous, that, you know, whatever, you're gonna, you're gonna talk about it. Right. And uh, for us, we think every human has that ability to uh, leave something, uh, leave something important, use their voice. Uh, so that's, you know, really exciting for us. We, we started working on design about five years ago. We've been mentored by Steve Madden's company. Uh, their group has been incredible with us, just guiding us, helping us, giving us solid advice. Uh, they got us or helped us get two of our designers that we've worked with, and they've done an incredible, incredible job with our two, two uh, styleways, the Leo, which is our boot, and then our high top is called the Cali. And beneath that, what is the foundation of the, the product is leave your mark. That's our mantra. I know. I'm, I'm obsessed with your mantra. Yeah. And when you go on the website and you look and you read the story, it's so powerful. I would Thank love, you. yeah, I would love for you to share it with people and how it got started. And Yeah, you know, for me, I, I'm just thankful to be on the earth. Like I'm just thankful that I, I opened my eyes this morning, literally. I'm saying mm -hmm. it's that granular. Mm -hmm. The millisecond I opened my eyes this morning, I was like, let's go, you know? That, uh, that thankful. It's a deep gratitude that you have 
every day. Yeah, I can't wait to go. Like there are times <laughs> where I can't wait to get to sleep so I can get up and go do what I got to do. You know what I mean? It's just I'm that, uh, and I'm thankful that I have that energy and that uh, urgency, if you will, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but leave your mark to me, for me, is is it. It's for everyone. We all have been put here with great purpose, honestly, for a great purpose. Mm-hmm. And that purpose is ours, distinct to each one of us, unique. You have a voice. It's your voice, right? My acting coach used to say, that's on your plate to eat. I can't eat that. That's mm-hmm. your voice. Mm-hmm. You have to use it uh, in the way you're supposed to use it on this earth for us. You're supposed to share your gifts with us be it service, whatever it is. It's not about us. It's not about hoarding. It's about, oh, us, we. Let's go do this. Don't you have much more fun when you're with yes. the collective? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. There's time when we pull back and we have our time with ourselves. But, you know, leave your mark for me is, hey, I have passion and this is my passion. And this is my purpose. And if I can align them both, that's success. That's that's where I'm going. Yeah. And I'm going that way because of this. Yeah. And they're in line now. So that's where I'm going. Yeah. And I'm not looking left and I'm not looking right. And I'm not waiting for you or anyone to give me permission. And that's not arrogance. I've given myself permission. Hmm. I give myself the permission. I'm enough to give myself the permission. Now, someone say, oh, that's arrogant and cock. No, that's not. That's just knowing who you are, clearly knowing and where you're going, you know? And until you do that, you're kind of like just wandering in the land of Nod, truly. Just, (laughs) you see people every day. (laughs) I agree. And it's sad. It is. No direction. Mm -hmm. They're in a zombie trance, showing up, no ambition, no desire, no passion, you know, showing up, getting the check, doing what they got to do, but no fulfillment, no real urgency to get up in the morning and go do whatever it is. Right. That I agree fills with you. you. you know no, and I, mean? I, I love what you talk about the intersection of passion and purpose, because I believe, I am a firm believer that that intersection is where true fulfillment, true All happiness. Day. All day. And just true love for life exists, is right in that intersection. I agree with you. And I think a lot of people don't, I think some people don't care to know what it is, but I also think there are people that want to know what it is. They just don't know how to find it. So. And what's interesting, what you said, to find it is to look in. Exactly. And most of us are fixed looking out on what's out. Exactly. What's without, not within. I'll have it. I'll be fulfilled when, when I have exactly the perfect relationship, when I have the big house and the cars and all the external things that really don't matter. And the and what's creepy about it, Natalie, if you really step back from what you just said, the collective masses typically take that course. Why do we all get to that place? Why are we... We, us, um, not specifically us, you and I, but why are the we, why are we always, wh- what, what are we learning at a, a, at a young age that fortifies all those negative things on us? Mm-hmm. How we speak to ourselves, 
you know, I used to, something like this, I used to see, um, you know, typically in, with men and their sons, you know, the big thing is, you know, you're a man, you know, and you've got to act like that. And you see these men go and scold or put their hands on their child and chastise them or reprimand them and discipline them. But then you see them go, hey, men don't cry. And you physically put hands on me. You emotionally chastise me as a little boy. And I'm going to feel that. But now what you're doing is you're telling me to repress that. You're actually telling me and teaching me how to lie. You're actually saying that's not good for you to, you can't see that natural reaction to that pain and that discomfort. You, you gotta, you gotta lie. You gotta, cause you're a man, you're macho. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. I completely agree with you. That's just an example. Of no, what it's I'm, a, I'm saying it's that's, a perfect example. You know, what we're learning sometimes is wrong. And it's not that father's fault per se, because that's what he learned. Exactly. You're a man. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so we have to be careful sometimes what we're, again, eating on and feeding on and mm -hmm. learning. Uh, it's hard when you see people like just in that, that, you know, they're there in that zombie trance, I call it. Yeah. You know? Well, and what you brought up is why I'm passionate about doing what I do is... You know, there are a lot of coaches out there that can get you from point A to point B, but they're not really addressing those underlying, you know, those moments that, you know, let's look at those moments that happened to you as a kid. You mm -hmm. know, let's look at those things that shaped you and formed you and understand those so you can have long, sustainable change. And it's those understandings of, you know what, I repress my emotions. I'm not able to communicate because of this what thing I learned. that happened, what I learned, and maybe what was told to me, but also just as importantly, what was unsaid but taught so to me. So true. So that and that lands even that lands even deeper sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because the scenario of that young boy, he grows up, and when he's with his girlfriend and she asks him what's wrong, he goes nothing, because he can't be honest, he can't be vulnerable, he can't be quote weak end quote. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's no. That's when a man is vulnerable and he can cry and he can share himself and he can be naked with those, of course, he's safe with, and I'm not talking literally naked, emotionally, uh, that's manhood. I completely That's being agree. a man. No, I completely you know agree. What I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So going, I, I'm loving all this, by the way. Um, so going back to legend footwear. Yes. Your motto, your mantra is leave your mark. Yes. So. What is your mark here in the world? What do you want to be known for at the end of your life? So good. It's a great question. Uh, I would love for just like, honestly, for me, I've had this vision for a very long time, Natalie. Um, I know who I am. I know, and I'm going to be very careful when I say this. I know what I've been given. I know what I have. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm very, uh, aware of it and I'm thankful for it and I'll be responsible for it and take care of it. Uh, for me, I, I have this group of men in my circle and every one of them is like a hero to me. Every one of my friends, everyone is different. They're like the rainbow, my buddies, but they're all oddly, each color of that rainbow bears some of my own color. 
And that's mm. what I see in them. Mm. So, oh, he's purple like me, like that. And <laughs> this one's over here, he's pink. And that one's green. My friends are my family. These men, and I have some women, but mainly these men around me. Um, honestly, I want to do everything with these guys. I want to do everything with these men. Uh, they inspire me every day. They challenge me every day. Uh, I see us, I don't know why. It's just with this group of select men, I feel we're gonna go out there and we're gonna we're gonna go serve up the world. We're gonna go do some stuff that really matters. We're gonna do stuff that's really significant. People are gonna go, oh, and look at how they're doing it. They're doing it, they turned that, they turned on it, they turned it on itself. They they're doing it a different way. They're saying, you could still be cool and do it this way. You could still be a human being and touch people and not be so unreachable. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I want to touch everything. I want to touch everybody. I want to be in it and all. So I have a group of men behind me and we have this idea of where we're going. We don't make plans. We have ideas. Because <laughs> plans change. You know what I mean? It's true. Uh, it's just to, it's just leaving my mark is, is truly doing everything that I said I was going to do. And that's for everybody else. It has a part of me. I want to do for me too, but that part of doing for me is connected to what I'm doing for, what I want to do for other people. That's just me. That's amazing. So you also have a beautiful daughter, Lola. She's a rock star. She She's is awesome. A, she is a rock star. I know Lola She's personally. Awesome. She's great. I learn something from that person every time I speak to her. Aww. She really humbles me. She's really been um, so incredibly important to the person sitting in front of you. Um, she, you know, she came in my life at 30 years old. I was 30. And the day she was born, her mother killed it. Her mother did so well. Her mother had back labor, which is not easy. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. And her mom did really well. Shout out to Kelly. You did really well. <laughs> uh, and our daughter had... Uh, the day she was born, her umbilical cord was wrapped twice. So every time her mother would push, her heart's supposed to race, not the baby's. So every time she would push, the baby's heart would race because it would tighten those the, the umbilical cord. So they all these technicians come in. And, we're not going to get mom excited, dad, like they were hinting because all these people came in. I'm like, yeah, I'm with it. All right. And they unwrapped the bill to get Lola's head out and they unwrapped the umbilical cord. And I was fine. I see her little head. The rest of her comes out and I see her little hiney <laughs> and I bawl like a fool. They have to get a mop, mop me up. I just see this little hiney and I just died. Oh my goodness. She was perfect, Aww. perfect. And they put her on the little heating scale and I remember she was crying and you know, they put the gel in their eyes or mm -hmm. something. And I used to sing to her every morning in her mother's belly. So I, I said, Lola, it's daddy. And that child stopped crying and was facing to her right and looked right into me. Mm. And it was done, it was done. She's my best friend. Mm. She's awesome. She's just an awesome, awesome human being. Very special, sees the world differently, rock and roll like her dad. You know, <laughs> she's just rock and roll. Uh, she loves people, huge heart, has a special place for the elderly like me. I used to hang out with the elderly when I was a kid. 
they were like wisdom trees, you know? They are. Yeah, I used to love the elderly, just hearing stories. And she's like that very much. She's in uh, England now. She goes to the University of Nottingham. She's going to school for art. Oh, wow. She's an incredible artist. She's at the top of her class. She's just doing really well. I'm proud of her. What has she taught you? Patience. My own patience. How so? Just how patient or impatient I am. <laughs> uh, she's taught me to listen more. Listen. I think that's an important lesson for a lot of parents. Yeah. Me included. Yeah. Because we always want to have the answer mm-hmm. and make it right. And sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just need to listen, you know? And I've learned that is to listen and uh, just be in the ear sometimes versus just talking, you know? Dad, I know, I know. Just listening. She's taught me to, um, I promised her four years ago I'd never lie to her. Five years maybe now. I'd never lie to her again. Uh, And I've held that. Uh, It was just something that I had a pact with my child that... I lied about something for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I finally told her what the lie was. But at the same time, I said, I'll never lie to you again. I'll never have that between us, a lie. We'll never have a lie between us. If I trust you and I love you, I can risk you with the truth, and you can do the same with me, because that's what I've always asked you as a father. Tell me anything. Your dad won't judge you. Tell me anything. So she's taught me to be the most honest person. Uh and not to be so hard on myself because mm. I could be really hard on myself. I could be re, I have a high standard, you know? So uh, she's just, she's awesome. She just, she reminds me to be like a kid. Like it's not so serious, Patrick. And I think a lot of people see that. They're like, gosh, he's so wild. He's got so much energy. What's wrong with him? Doesn't he turn off? <laughs> no, I don't turn off people. <laughs> For you people out there, I don't. <laughs> I guess when I turn off, I won't be here anymore. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah. You are a ball of energy. Can't help it. No, but you know what? It's amazing. It's uh, it's contagious. It's contagious. It's inspiring. It's um, It's amazing to be around. And I think you are an inspiration to a lot of people. Thank you. As you are. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. No, honestly, as you are. You are to me. Like uh, the people in, like I said, in my circle, because you have to be very careful on who you let in, you know, unfortunately. And it's not because you're more than or less than someone. It simply means you know the vibe, you know, that vibe. I'm not with that vibe. That energy is not good for me. You know, you yeah, and I think I think that's a lesson that I've learned to um, later in life is to be very particular about the people I surround myself with. Yeah. You don't go out and eat, you know. I mean, you go out, but you have a pizza, right? But you don't have a pizza Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? You can get fat. <laughs> you can, it's going to catch up, right? Right. It's the same thing with people. You you eat certain food. You know, you're going to put in your body certain. You're going to feed on good things. It's true. Energy's the same. I agree. You're going to feed on energy that's going to feed yours. I agree. I agree. So where can people find you? Uh, at your In your office right now. <laughs> no, no. They can find me at, I'm not on social media anymore. I am on Twitter, at Patrick Dancy. That's the only social platform I have because it's not a lot of pictures. It's just words. So I get to post streaming consciousness. Like I'll just post anything. It comes out of my head. Boom. That, and then I'll look back like, oh, that was pretty cool, Pat. Uh, and then you can go to our website, www.lgndfootwear.com. 
Uh, our email is connect at legendfootwear.com. You guys can connect to me anytime. Anybody want to call me, ask me, DM me. You want to knock down Natalie's door to find me? You can. I'm cool. I'm, you know, I love people. So say hello. I'll say hello back. Patrick, it's been a pleasure having you today. You have so much insight, so much energy, such a zest for life. Thank you. And I am honored and privileged to be your friend. Thank you. So if I might say, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first podcast. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.